Hello, my name is Michael Arbach and I'm here to help you begin a search for a teaching position. I am a professor of art at Vanderbilt University and have been teaching drawing and sculpture for nearly 30 years. My background includes graduate degrees in both studio and art history and between 2002 and 2004 I had the privilege of serving as CAA's president. I strongly encourage you to maintain membership in professional organizations throughout your career. I have recorded two instructional pieces. This recording deals with how one begins a search and how, and it's for both artists and art historians. And the second recording will help you research the institutions. Each institution to which you apply is different and your application package should reflect the unique qualities of each program. In order to target your applications properly, you will need to have an understanding of the differences between teaching and research institutions as well as an understanding of the various degree programs. Be sure you listen to the second recording. Beginning your search. Starting a search for a teaching position requires some common sense and the ability to stay focused on a task for several months. We all know that the job market has been poor for decades, so it really isn't worth having anxiety attacks over things beyond your control like the unfortunate fact that our profession has flooded the market with artists and scholars possessing terminal degrees. If you are producing good work, maintaining a meaningful record of exhibitions or publications, and willing to pay close attention to the details of your job search, there are plenty of reasons to remain hopeful. If you approach the search like you did your freshman English papers in college, that is, starting the essay after dinner, and staying up till three to finish a half-baked piece of work, there really isn't much hope. Each application needs to be customized and your chances of employment will suffer if you are simply throwing things together. A one-size-fits-all approach to your dossier will not work. Remember, you're about to enter a profession. A tenure-track position carries with it the potential for a lifetime of work and more than $2 million in salary, benefits, and retirement funds. In the mid-1970s, roughly 60% to two-thirds of all university positions were tenured or tenure-track. Nowadays, that number is around one-third. So you must be organized and willing to do a bit of homework to land one of the coveted positions. Some attitude adjustments may be necessary as well to succeed in a search. There are about 2,400 four-year colleges. Less than 10% of these institutions offer advanced degrees in your field, so the odds of landing a position at a highly ranked research institutions are not that great. Art historians, regardless of pedigree, would be wise to be prepared to teach survey classes and courses outside of their normal research areas. Artists should be prepared to teach courses to non-art majors. This is not a time to be snobbish. It would be highly unusual for art historians to find more than a dozen open positions in their field. Studio artists may need to reconsider how they define themselves. There may be a situation when a ceramicist might want to create a profile as a sculptor or vice versa. In some cases, it may be wise for both artists and art historians to expand a search to include work with nonprofit organizations, publishers, and museums. How to start. During the late summer and early fall of your search year, you should begin getting your materials together. It really helps to approach your search in stages, and this is something you can do along with your fellow graduate students. Trying to compile application packages on a moment's notice is difficult, 
that if you have some sense of what your letters and other materials are like, the process is much easier. If you haven't already done so as a graduate student, you should become a member of CAA and consider joining an organization that represents your field. For example, if you are a photographer, joining SPE, the Society of Photographic Educators, would be wise. If you are a Northern Renaissance scholar, membership with the historians of Netherlandish art would make sense. Professional organizations are a meaningful resource for identifying job openings, conferences, and opportunities for exhibitions or publishing. They also help one stay current in their field. The typical application, regardless of discipline, includes a cover letter or letter of application, an up-to-date curriculum vita, a list of references. Artists should have a thoughtful artist statement and a statement about their teaching philosophy. Neither document should be longer than a page. For art historians, it wouldn't hurt to prepare a statement about their teaching philosophy, as well as a statement about their research interests or works in progress. For artists, you need to document your work. Typically, that will be on a CD. For art historians, it might mean a reprint or photocopy of an article. Though they are not always asked for, it doesn't hurt for both artists and art historians to create some sample syllabi. For an art historian, it would be smart to have sample syllabi for survey courses, a course in their area of research, and even a syllabus for a course they fantasize about. Artists should have ready sample syllabi for a drawing course, an introductory design course, courses in their specialty, and a course they fantasize about as well. All of the materials asked for in the job description should be placed in one of those simple folders with two pockets. You do not want to be associated with the application package from hell. Do not use a three-ring binder with plastic sleeves, for example. It's not uncommon for the institution to make multiple copies of your package. So if your package is complicated and an assistant cannot recreate the original package as it was sent, it becomes a nightmare. Just keep it simple and clean. Virtually all applicants, regardless of their discipline, will need an up-to-date CV or curriculum vita. An artist should not confuse an artist's resume with a CV. The artist's resume is for getting galleries, grants, and exhibitions, and it's not appropriate for an academic job search. If you go to the CAA website, www.collegeart.org, you will find CV conventions for artists, art historians, and museum professionals. These conventions are excellent and they simplify the process. In regard to your CV, be sure to list all of the, criti the critical information about where and how you can be reached. Keep in mind that a search may continue beyond your graduation date, and you may have moved following your graduation. I've actually seen a number one candidate forfeit an excellent chance at a tenure-track position because they could not be reached in a timely fashion. It would also be smart at this time to generate your list of references. Giving advance notice to references is very important. You should prepare a list of four people, even though you may only use three. Having a fourth person for an emergency situation is a smart thing to do, especially if one of them goes on sabbatical, leaves the country, or gets sick. It would also be smart to begin shaping your professional profile by shedding some of the cherished attributes of your student life. For example, it's probably a good idea to get rid of email addresses like hottotrot at gmail.com. 
Having a Facebook account that describes your nightlife and intimate desires isn't bright either. Employers do look at these things. Even physical adjustments should be considered. Please keep in mind that the members of a search committee are not going to burn their hard-earned political capital presenting to a dean, a candidate who looks like they could hire themselves out to haunt houses. If you have 10 piercings in your ear, you may want to reduce that down to one or two elegant pieces of hardware. This is also a great time for developing an outline or format for your cover letter. The cover letter or letter of application is a business letter, pure and simple. It should not be longer than a page or a page and a third. Keep in mind individuals other than artists or art historians may be part of the search committee or evaluation process, so it needs to be intelligible to people in the human resources office and faculty outside the arts. Be sure to use a nice quality paper, white is fine, and use a clean font that is 10 to 12 point. The cover letter is a critical part of the process and it's not easy to write. Even though it is a business letter, you need to make it memorable without being pretentious. I've seen art historians submit cover letters that are three pages long, single spaced and narcissistic beyond belief, just as I've seen artists submit letters that are more concerned with their immortality than the teaching position. Common sense should rule, and be sure to work with a faculty advisor and have it proofread. As I stated at the beginning, do not send out a letter of application without having researched the program. You've got to do your homework. Here's some additional things to think about as you begin your search. There are some people who will limit the scope of their search to a region or type of institution. For some, it may be an issue of family constraints, proximity to a city where their gallery is located, or something else. In your first search, I would strongly encourage you to apply for every position you are qualified to hold, even if you know you wouldn't take the position if offered. There are a few good reasons for doing a thorough search. First of all, you want to find out how you stand among your peers. If several institutions find you and your work interesting in a national search, that tells you two important things. One, that your work holds up nationally, and two, that the mechanics of your search are sound. You had a good cover letter, references, etc. If you are invited for an interview, whether in person at the conference or on campus, or by video conferencing or phone, it gives you an opportunity to learn how to interview. These opportunities are hard to get, so take advantage of them. If it becomes clear that you will have to remain in a certain city or region, be sure to keep your materials on file with schools in the area and update that information about every six months. It wouldn't hurt to schedule a short meeting with the chairs of the local programs so they know who you are. There are times when a chair has to do a rapid search to replace a faculty member who gets sick, dies, retires, gets a sabbatical, a residency, or a grant at the very last minute. Having up-to-date material on file may give you a distinct advantage. With rare exception, you will be applying for junior level faculty positions. Most of these positions will be at the level of assistant professor, visiting assistant professor, lecturer, etc. Positions at the associate level or higher are thought of as senior positions, and you would look a bit foolish applying for those. Where to look for the position listings? Keep in mind that part-time positions typically do not have to be advertised nationally. Full-time positions are usually accompanied by a national search and are advertised in two or more publications. According to CAA, the vast majority of the positions are filled through the use of their online job listings. Again, CAA's website is www 
www.collegeart, that's one word, .org. Another good source for position listings is the Chronicle of Higher Education. They have listings online as well. Higher Ed Jobs, one word, .com, is a legitimate resource, as is Academic Keys, that's K-E-Y-S. Professional organizations and societies often list teaching positions, and you can even do an internet search of specific schools and look up their job listings. Please keep in mind that CAA's online listings are not permanent. Some listings remain posted longer than others, so you must check them on a regular basis. It is possible that a deadline will remain open, but the listing will no longer be posted, so be sure to record or download each listing as soon as possible. This may be true of other site listings, uh, teaching positions. The cover letter. At the very beginning of the letter, you need to indicate which position you are applying for and where you saw that position listed. Some departments are going to be filling multiple positions, and that's why specificity is required. Letting them know where you saw the listing is important, too, especially if erroneous information was placed in one of their other listings. After you identify the position for which you are applying, list the items you have provided in the application package. By the way, do not load the package with materials that were not asked for. It's okay to provide a show announcement or a recent review, but don't include entire magazines and other extraneous items. It's perfectly acceptable to indicate that you are prepared to send them sample syllabi, additional images of student work, and so on. You should provide a brief description of your academic training and when you will receive your degree. Please keep in mind that you do not want to restate your entire vita in the cover letter. At some point in the letter, you will want to demonstrate that you've done some homework on them. Again, the research. Perhaps they have a new facility or a special program that makes a position look even more interesting. You don't need to brown nose, but by including a couple of specific topic points, you are letting them know that you are making an effort to know more about their program. This is really important. Be sure that you do not politicize the cover letter. There are lots of federal guidelines that the faculty have to abide by in a search, and it's a delicate dance, so it helps to avoid comments related to your sexual orientation, race, religion, etc., unless it's absolutely pertinent to your application. On many occasions, I've seen people bring this information up in the cover letter or during the interview process, believing that in some way it inoculates them from something. In reality, it only makes those who are orchestrating the search more nervous. For the most part, people in the arts are pretty tolerant. If your scholarship pertains to these matters, then let your work or the artist statement or the research statement address that. Another risky practice is to suggest new courses or programs that they do not have. There may be lots of internal political reasons that the program does not offer certain things, so be careful. Egos may be involved. Instead, you might want to give them a sense that you are flexible and would consider preparing new courses. Studio artists should state in a, sense, a sentence or two the technical processes they are comfortable with. We now have a generation of people graduating that actually have very limited technical expertise, and your image should, should reflect some of your technical skills. This information can be listed in your CV as well. You need to say a sentence or two about your research and teaching interests. You can also steer them to your statements about those areas. The amount you say about teaching or research should be proportional to the kind of program you are applying to. For example, 
If you are seeking a teaching position at an art institute in a major city, you will emphasize your creative work. If you are applying to a small liberal arts program, you will want to emphasize the importance of the classroom. Again, be sure you research the institution before making statements about these areas. At some point, you need to indicate whether or not you will be attending the college art meeting where they can interview you. If you cannot attend the conference but live near the institution, let's say within a half day's drive, you might want to let them know that you can be available for a visit on short notice. As you can see, most of what I have said is a function of common sense. Common sense should tell you to double check the CD of your work to see if it really comes up on the screen. Common sense should tell you to send the materials on time. Incomplete applications and faulty documentation may cause your package to be deleted from the applicant pool. Institutions do not have time to chase down the particulars for every candidate, especially in searches that generate lots of applicants. Just two more things. If you get a conference interview, be sure to write a nice thank you note to those who interviewed you. Not with an online message, but an actual note. And, in the event you do not succeed on your first search, you still must move forward as if you hold a teaching position at a major institution. The minute you quit making or exhibiting work or stop producing meaningful scholarship, your standing as a future job candidate is diminished. Please be sure to listen to my tape about researching institutions.